Genesis chapter 22. The Bible says in verse 1, and I'm not, there's, the reason I'm not asking you to stand tonight is because I got a few scriptures to read. So just uh, bear with me. Genesis chapter 22 and verse 1, the Bible says, And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here am I. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there a burnt, excuse me, for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass, took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son, and clave the wood for the burnt offering, and rose up and went to the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off, and Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship, and come again to you. And Abraham Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac his son, and he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and they went both of them together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, My father, and he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together. And they came to the place which God had told him of, and Abraham built an altar there, and laid the wood in order, and bound Isaac his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand, and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven, and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah-Jireh, as it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. And the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven, the second time I said, By myself have I sworn, saith the Lord. For because thou hast done this thing, and hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, that in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven, and as the sand which is upon the seashore, and thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. Father, I ask you to be with this message tonight. Lord, I preached on what we are to be as Christians this morning. But Lord, as I look at the pages of the Word of God here tonight, Lord, we need to go a little bit further. Lord, help us to learn to surrender it all. Father, I ask you to be with each heart and every life here tonight. Lord, use me in a way that you can use. Lord, I pray tonight that you'll help me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Can I say this? That you and I can surrender and not be surrendered. I wake up, depending on the morning, depending on what time I go to work, normally uh, my time, I usually get up about 5.45 in the morning or 6 o'clock and I got to be at work at 7. 
I like what I do during the day. Do I want to do it the rest of my life? No. But I'll do it until the, the Lord has me not to do it any longer. But with that being said, I'll get up and I'll go get a shower. I'll get dressed. My wife, she'll get up with me and she'll make me breakfast. And I'll get in my vehicle and I'll go to Atkins, Virginia. And there I'll get off the exit and go into a place that not always excites me. You know, I'm surrendered to go to work for my family. I'm surrendered to go to a job. I'm surrendered to, to, to make the income that God has asked me to do as a husband, as a father. But you know what? My heart's not always surrendered when I go. I go because that's what I need, I need to do. But that doesn't mean I want to go there because I, I'm not always happy to go. You know, I believe that I could be surrendered, surrendered in my life. I could, I could tell God, I'm surrendered to be here at church, but I don't have to be surrendered in my heart to listen to what the Lord, uh, what God has for me. I, I don't have to be surrendered in my heart to, to obey what He says. So listen to me. That's not giving God your all. That's not giving God 100% of your life. God wants you surrendered tonight I heard a pastor years ago he said you know the offering plates here that for y'all right now is back there in the back have you ever thought about trying to climb in your offering box back there you say I don't get your analogy you know when when you had offering plates right back here and they would pass them across the aisles, let me tell you, have you ever asked them to stop and place it down and you stood in the offering plate? Now, I'm not telling you to do that. Please don't do that. Please don't jump. Please don't go into the offering box. But for an analogy for you tonight, God doesn't want your finances. God doesn't want your children. God doesn't want your home. Until he has you. And if he has you, he's got your home. He's got your finances. He's got your children. If you're willing to be obedient and step in the offer plate. See, we sing the song. I surrender all. I surrender all. All to him. I humbly surrender. What is it going to take for you tonight to surrender? When I read the passage of the Scripture here, I find it's one of the greatest mountaintop messages that I've ever seen. You know what? This is a picture, one of the clearest pictures of the coming of the sacrifice of our Lord and Savior there on the cross. It seems though God used the life of Abraham as a canvas for His personal portrait of what was about to happen. And He wanted to show you His heart. And He willingly gave His own darling Son there uh, to die for every one of us. And that brings me back. If you've never trusted Christ as your personal Savior, listen to me. I plead with you tonight. I beg of you tonight. Please don't leave here without knowing that Jesus Christ is 
is your Savior, for this day you'll remember that your Savior came and He loved you and He was willing to die for you and then you leave this place. And let me tell you, there's going to be a day of reckoning for you'll stand before God and never knelt on this side of eternity and you'll nail on that one. And he'll look at you. And he'll say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. Depart from me. Listen to me. I never knew you. And you'll be cast out into eternal flames of fire and darkness. I plead of you tonight. I'm not trying to scare you. But listen to me, we all have to come to that point of our life that we make a decision whether we accept Him or deny Him. And if you deny Him tonight, you give Him no other choice. Because He can't make you get saved. Why? God's a gentleman. He's not going to make you do anything at all. I plead with you. But when I look at the life of Abraham and the perspective I see as I read the Bible, I'm confronted with the truth that no other man was called upon to give so much. Yet as Abraham's sacrifice to the Lord is offered, we do not see the heart of a devastated, broken man. Listen to me, if God come to me and he said, Hey, Tony! Yes, Lord. I want you to take your son and I want you to sacrifice him. I'm not t- I can't tell you what I would say. I'd love to stand here and say I'd have the bravery of Abraham. I've ha- I would have the faith of Abraham. But I can't tell you what I would say if I was put in that predicament to put my son upon that altar. If I was to put my daughter upon that altar. But you know what? That's what God asked us tonight. They may call them into the mission field. Oh no. No, 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 no. I don't, I don't want my child. I don't want my daughter or son to go to the mission field because I may lose them I may lose them I may lose them you know what God's not asking you to lose them God's asking you to give them faithfully to him so that he can place his hand upon their life as a godly father would and bless their life don't you want the best for your kids man I want the best for mine If you step into God's way, you know what you've done? You've stepped into God's way and you took God's blessing off of their life because of you. Be careful. Be careful. As you pass through this life, there's going to be demands on our life that God asks. Often these demands will call for personal or profound sacrifices. From a human perspective, we may not want to participate in what God has asked us to do. But you know, if it's God's will, then it's absolute and it's perfect and it's unquestioning. Even though we don't know what, it, what God's going to do, even though, uh, even though we know this uh, is God's part, and, and as much as I want to rebel to Him or against Him today, I, I have to learn this lesson that Abraham learned for me to have Absolute surrender. There are steps we must take to climb that mountain. 
And let me tell you, those steps are the hardest steps we'll ever take. And I want us to look at what Abraham learns. Number one, how do we get to the point of learning to pay attention? Oh, excuse me, learning to surrender. It, number one, it takes paying attention. Would you look at verse 1 with me? Genesis chapter 22, verse 1, the Bible says, And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham. Understand that word tempt. The Bible says God will tempt no man. So what does this word mean? When you look it up, it means tried. You say, how do you know that? Look at Hebrews chapter 11 real quick. Look at Hebrews chapter 11. And we're going to hit this uh, here in just a few minutes. We're going to hit this verse again. Hebrews chapter 11, look at verse 17. The Bible says in verse 17, By faith, Abraham, when he was tried. Would you mark that place? Turn back to Genesis. We're going to go back to that here in just a minute. Here we find that this word means tried. Abraham said unto him, Abraham, and he said, excuse me, that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here am I. And he said, Take now thy son, thy only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of you know what? We've got to learn to pay attention. See, when we start paying attention, we must be in a position to hear God. It's funny. Uh, our house, we've got, we got a fairly old house. Uh, we thank God for our house, but our house is, is, is kind of big. If you've ever been in our house, uh, you'll, you, you'll walk through the back door and uh, you'll go through a breezeway and you'll make a left and you got this kitchen that expands most of the house and then you'll walk through a little doorway and then you have the dining room and as you walk through another door, you have the, the living room which, which spans across the the, the width of the house it's a very large one and you're sta- you're sitting there in the uh, uh, the living room and uh, maybe my wife should be in there cooking and she'll say something to me and uh, I'd be like I'm looking at the kids mm-hmm. so yes dear she'll say it again now you have to understand I'm not the best of hearing even though, even if I had good hearing, I still am not the best of hearing, if, you, if that makes sense. But with that being said, I, 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 hear what she, I hear she's saying it. She's saying words, but I have no idea what she's saying. So I have to stop and get up if she's busy, and I'll walk in there just to see what she has to say. Listen to me. All this that I'm saying is bi-relational. See, for us to get in the position to start paying attention, it means this demands a relationship. Abraham came to know the Lord back in the early parts of Genesis chapter 12, and the reality of his conversion we'll see in Genesis 15 verse 6. But we see that there's a relational, uh, 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 he has a relation with God. It wasn't perfect, but he knew the Lord. Let me ask you a question, how about you tonight? 
You say, how did you slingshot back the salvation? We better know if we're saved or not. I'm a proponent of salvation. I'm a proponent for you to go to heaven with me. I know where I'm going, but you need to know where you're going tonight. Have you ever been saved? If so, then no doubt your relationship has been rocky too. I can promise you my relationship with the Lord has not always been perfect. It's not because God's bad. It's not because God's wrong. It's because of me. God doesn't move. God doesn't change. This guy, this flesh, is the one who moves. This guy is the one who walks away from God. And we got to, we got to work on a relationship with Christ, and it demands a relationship. See, if I would have sat there on the couch when my wife comes and talks, if she says, honey, I need you to come here, and I'm sitting here, she goes, help, honey, I need you. And I sit there in the living room, and I ignore her, and I ignore her. How do you think she's going to be happy with me? What if she walks into the room and says, dear, didn't you hear me? No, I didn't hear you. Would you come here, please? She walks back in the kitchen, and you know what? I don't move. Honey, I need you, and I don't move. Eventually, she's going to find someone else to come help her. I'll get back to that here in a minute. Listen. Be that as may, there's still a relationship that Abraham had, whether it was good or bad, he still had a relationship. But let me ask you a question. If, if you have not been saved, you need to bow this evening and get saved. It demands a relationship. But once you get saved... Once you get saved, it demands a readiness. It demands that as soon as God speaks, you'll find that Abraham, he did not sit back in the chair and God speaks to him. Excuse me, brother, I'm going to sit down for a minute. And he sits back in the chair and God speaks to him and he goes, I'll tend with you later. You know what? That's what we do many times when God, God wants to move on our life. And you know what we do? Five minutes, God. Ten minutes. Tomorrow, God. Listen to me. When God speaks, you know what we do? We say, Lord, not your time, my time. That's not what Abraham did. I want you to notice what the verse says, look back at verse 1. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, what? Here am I. He heard God speak and he responded. You say, well, how do you know he didn't wait? Here, look at verse 2. And he said, Take now thine son. No, no, no. He said, Take now thy son, thy only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there a burnt offering. Look at verse 3. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of his young men. I'm not trying to read through the line, uh, between the lines. Please, I'm not trying to add into the Scriptures. But I can only 
believe and understand this is what the scriptures are saying. When God said, Abraham, take thy son, thy only son, and go sacrifice him. You know what Abraham did? He got all of his stuff up and he got it ready and he packed it up and he was ready for the early morning to put it on his ass and leave. He was prepared. When God speaks to us, we got to be prepared to listen. It takes a readiness for us to listen. And you know what? God wasn't disappointed in Abraham, for Abraham was willing to listen very intently. His relationship with him was close. Listen to me. His relationship with him was close. I beg of you, in your relationship, I can't say this. I say it all the time. Stay close to God. Do not allow anything to separate you from God. For the rift that you have in your life not only affects you, but it affects your wife, it affects your children, it affects your work, it affects your witness, it affects it all. Keep close accounts with God. It demands a revelation. God revealed His plan for Abraham's life. You know, this is a necessary part of the process for no man can know the man of God until it is revealed to him by God. See, if you'll notice the phrase, Thy son, thy only son, Isaac, whom thou lovest. When you do the, the reading of His word, you'll find that Ishmael has already been sent away. And now the only one left is Isaac. Can I say that that Abraham didn't love Ishmael? No, he did love Ishmael. He really did. And now his son, his son's gone away. And now the only one he has is Isaac. And now God has come to him and said, you need to sacrifice your child. Let me ask you a question. What would you do if God said you need to sacrifice your son? You need to sacrifice your daughter. What would you do? You need to sacrifice your home. You need to sacrifice your job. You need to sacrifice your wife. Ladies, you need to sacrifice your husband. It's hard. Lay him on the altar. When's the last time that you spent any time at all laying down your family at the altar of God? Begging God to make them what they ought to be. I'm only here because I had a loving mom. She wasn't perfect, but I know she loved God so much that when she was about to die, the only one she could talk about was the Lord and Savior, and she couldn't wait to see Him. But my mom... I'd come in at night, and you know, I I believed that my mom lived by her bedside for any time I walked in and any time I got up, the first thing I saw, her door was always cracked open. And guess who I saw by by the bedside was my mom, and she would call us out in prayer, and it would tear me up. For years, my mom prayed for me. For years, she prayed for my family. She, for years, listen to me, I felt, I felt the prayers. It wasn't until 23, to the age of 23, when I got saved. But you know what? I felt the prayers. 
it demand here not only a relationship, a, ready, a readiness, but what about a revelation? Thy son, thy only son, Isaac, whom thou lovest. You know, I can only understand that, that what Abraham's about to go through. And God was asking for everything that Abraham had. All of his hopes, all of his dreams, all of his plans that were pound up in this one young man. And they were getting ready to go. And you know what God is saying? Give me it all. I want it all. How much are you willing to give tonight? Say, I'm not willing to give that much. You better be. For what you don't give up, God will take. I believe that. What you're, what you're, what you're willing to hold back, guess what? It's not going to be hunky-dory when it's all said and done. God's going to get what He asks for one way or the other. You say, is God vindictive? No, no, no. No, that's not what I'm saying. But I can say this. If, I, if I'm not a, a faithful tither as a Christian, I can promise you God's not going to give, give me His glory upon my vehicles or my home. You know, I don't have that extra finances. I, I mean, you know what? That was trust and faith. If you'll talk to my wife about it, you know, I'm okay with you asking her where, I, where we come from. For she was the giver before I was. I'd look at her and tell her she was crazy. What are you doing? You know, what are you doing giving money, my hard-earned money, to the church? I couldn't, I couldn't understand it. What are you doing? She'd be like, I'm doing what God asked me to do. If you don't, I will. And then I realized it took some faith for me to learn to give it all. It took time. It took some time and pain and sorrow and suffering. But you know what? I realized that God has done so much more with what God has given us as long as we're freely giving I had a man to tell me years ago, he said, if you take your hand and you hold it out like this, you know what happens? Nothing comes in and nothing goes out. But if you are freely with the Lord like this, guess what goes? Everything goes out, but everything comes in. You know, I can only see what Abraham is going. I want you to notice how God details his commands. God was very precise with Abraham. He never, he never had any questions. He was very precise what Abraham was to do. And when God speaks, he may not reveal every detail of his plan. But I can say this, every step will be enlightened. I want you to notice how God darkens his commands you say, I don't understand what you're saying. God does not explain the why to men. God doesn't have to explain to me why. God doesn't have to explain to Abraham why he wants Isaac. And he shouldn't. We shouldn't. Faith knows that the path of God is always leads to good for us and His glory. Romans 8 and verse 28. But then, number two, we need to be prepared. We need to be prepared. Would you look at verse 3? 
Look at verse 3 real quick. The Bible says, And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and clave the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went unto the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. I find that he, as we observe Abraham doing exactly what God had asked him to do, we see a man who's thoroughly prepared. There are three areas in which Abraham made his preparations. When you look at it in verse 3, his hands were prepared. As soon as God said, Abraham, take thy son and go sacrifice him, he wasted no time. We've already talked about that. But then when you look at verse 4 and 5, he was prepared. Abraham, three days and three nights to think about what God was about to Allow happen. You ever put your, put your feet in the shoes of Abraham? And for those three days, listen to me. When I have something going on, I internalize things. Anybody else do? Anybody else internalize things? You know, my heart rate goes up. I get frustrated. You know, nobody wants to be around me at that point. But I can only imagine what Abraham was about to go through because he knew that he was getting ready to take a knife and slay the juggler of his son. And you know what? He only had to trust God in it all. Isaac was his future. And God wanted Isaac back. Even though he couldn't make it Add up mentally by faith. He was willing to obey God. And this is the key to inconsistent spiritual victory for us tonight. Even though it doesn't add up. Even though we don't understand what's happening. We need to learn to consistently obey God. We are called to walk by faith. God, help us to come to a place where even when God's commands make absolutely no sense, we're willing to sit back and obey Him without question, without reservation. We find he was, His hands were prepared, His head was prepared, but then His heart was prepared. Look at, look at the last part of verse 6. He tells the men, he says, Abide ye, abide ye here with the ass. And I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. <clears throat> Abraham knew why he was there. He was there to offer his beloved son before God. He was there to give everything. He was, he was there to present his son in that day. Even though his son was the promise of tomorrow, he looked at it with worship. And service. You know, when I define the word worship, it is ascribing worth to someone. Worship is taking a place of absolute humility before God, therefore by leaving Him alone in the place of exaltation. When we come before God and we give Him it all, we trust Him, we leave it, and we leave. How many times we come to the altar... And we drop things off at the altar. And by the time we get back up at the altar, we've already picked it back up, threw it over our shoulder, and walked back and sat down with it. Right. Lord, I gave it all. No, you didn't. 
Lord, I'm willing to give it all. Well, willing to give it all and giving it all are two different things. Man, I don't like that load. You know, the Bible is very clear. Take my yoke. Not, no, 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 no. We are not to grab and to pull and to strain and try to work through our life in a manner in which it all depends on me. We are to give it to God and let Him take all the hardships and the troubles and the trials and the frustrations. And we are always to give it to God. And when we do, it always honors Him. What a great statement of faith for Abraham when he told him to abide ye here. And I and my son, will you notice what it says? Will come again. You know, this is the place God would have all of us to come if He wants you and me in a place where no one or no or, or nothing in our lives is more precious to Him, excuse me, precious to us than He is. What is it in your life that you can honestly say that you put above God? How many people make excuses? Not to come to the house of God. Now, we're the temple of God, but this is the house of worship. But how many, how many people are unwilling to come and worship God? How many people make excuses not to come? How many people make excuses to stay out, to go, whether to a ball game or go? Listen to me. I understand when you're sick, you're sick. And nobody wants sickness passed around. Stay home. Get better. But if you use an excuse to stay out of church, if you use an excuse to stay and go to a ball game or watch a sports game or whatever it may be, listen to me, you're in the wrong. You place that above God and that has become your idol. See, when we learn to be honest before God and have absolute and total surrender. See, if you ever do, you'll learn that you have no rights, no possessions, no positions, nothing but Him and His will for your life. And where are you in regard to this matter of total and complete surrender? Have you come to that place where God is more precious to you than anything? Can I say, I don't love my wife. If God, is more, if God is not more precious than my wife. It just got quiet in here. My wife knows that she is second place to my God. And if she's not, she has become my idol. I put a target on her back. You love your spouse? Put God first and put them behind God. I love my wife and I love my kids, but they are not that important to me if they are that important to be placed above God. That's a scary place to be if you become the idol before a holy God. But then number three, and I'll be done. We got to learn to participate. 
you say, I don't, I don't understand. Well, you will hear in a minute. Would you look at verse 6? The Bible says this, And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac his son, and he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and they, were, they went both of them together. You know what? This participation is personal. It's personal. See, Abraham personally took the wood and placed the wood on Isaac. He personally took the fire and the knife. He personally led the way for Abraham. This was an event of personal commitment and sacrifice. You see it? What sacrifice? God has determined that you and I are to be personally, intimately, Involved in his service and worship. And I want you to know that this kind of life was modeled by Caleb and even Jesus Christ himself, who was the supreme example. He said, not my will, not my will, but thine. Whose will? God's will. It was God's will that Jesus was willing to do. Whose will are you willing to do? Are you personally, intimately involved with God and His work? And God has a perfect, precious plan for you tonight. What are you going to miss out? What are you going to miss out by not being willing to allow God to work in your life? Wow. What can God do in my life, my wife's life, my kid's life? What can I do as a young, uh, young man, a young woman, uh, if I'm single? What can God do in my life to bring a great woman into my life? I got to be where God wants me to be before I can get the woman that God wants me to marry. Listen, ladies, you got to be where you need to be for God to be able to use you to get that young man that he has already got for you, already planned for you. Did you know we can mess up God's plan? We can literally mess up God's plan. It's personal. Are you personally involved? Allowing God to have his perfect, precious way in your life. Only your involvement will result in its being accomplished. It was personal, but then it was profound. Look at verse 7. The Bible says in Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, My father. And he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamp for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamp for a burnt offering. So they went, both of them together. And they came to the place which God had told him of. And Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order, bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. Can I say this? Abraham willingly obeyed the command of God. Nobody had to make him. What a step of faith for this man. Not only to be prepared to take his son, but to walk the three-day journey to the mount, to climb the mountain, just him and his son. You know what? He could have hid Isaac, came back down, said he did what he did, said he did what God, you know what, he could have done many, many things. But in his mind, I find 
that he had already sacrificed Isaac before God. Would you turn back to Hebrews? You say, he never never touched him. He never laid hands on him. But in the eyes of God, he had already sacrificed his son. Would you look at it? Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 17. By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. And he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son. Can I ask you a question? Who died that day? Who died that day? Did Isaac die that day? According to this verse, Isaac died. But did he kill him? Did Abraham kill him? No. So who died that day? Abraham did. You know, Paul says we need to learn to die to self daily. You know what Abraham did? He died to God. He died. He took himself out of the picture so that God can work. And he watched Abraham. He didn't want Isaac. God doesn't want the things that he's asking you to lay down on the altar. He has asked you to place yourself there. Man, it was profound to watch what Abraham was having to do on that altar. And there God showed that it was a powerful event. When you look at verses 11 through 14, you find that he received God's provision. Abraham gave up Isaac, got him back, and simply God put Abraham's faith on the test. And you know what? His faith was honored. His faith was honored. See, because he had already sacrificed Isaac, his son... Now understand what's happening here. I love how the Lord works. As Isaac and Abraham are climbing this side of the mountain, on the other side of the mountain is a ram that God is bringing into position because of Abraham's. Now think about this. Because of Abraham's obedience to God. You say, you know what, I don't see what God does. But it's powerful when He does it. We don't have to know what's going on behind the scenes. I said this the other night. See, God sees. God sees what we don't. I can only see the walls of this building. I can only see the back wall and the the front wall. But you know what, I cannot see. I have no idea what's happening outside these walls. But you know who does? God does. It's a powerful, and you know, he, because of this, he received God's provision there in verse 12. You'll notice it says this in verse 12, and he, he said, Lay not thy hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. Listen to me. You know what God's telling him? Abraham, I'm pleased with you. 
This verse points out the whole purpose behind this episode. This was never about Isaac, but it has always been about Abraham. You know, God doesn't want your Isaac, but he wants you completely. And when it's all said and done, if, it, you have to understand what God wants. And when he gets what he wants, look at the promise that Abraham receives. Look at verse 15. And the angel of the Lord, verse 15, And the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time, and he said, By myself have I sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing and hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, that in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven, as the sand which is upon the seashore, and thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. You know, you know what I see here? I see what is called a cause and effect. You know, the Bible is very clear. If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and seek my face. The Bible doesn't say my people will. The Bible says if my people. If. If you do this, then I will do this. It was conditional. And because Abraham was willing to do what God asked, there was a cause and effect that happened here that day. In verse 16, And said by myself, have I sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing, what thing, you did not withhold your son from me, because you were willing to obey me, because you were willing to be obedient to me, because you were willing to give it all to me, this is what I'm going to do for you. That in, the, in blessing... I will multiply, I bless thee, and in multiplying, I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven. You ever ask yourself when you read this scripture, how many blessings that I've lost because, of I, because I was unwilling to be obedient before God and place myself upon the altar so that God can work? A great work in my life. You know, I can only think of a generational cause and effect. You ever, you ever heard that term, generational cause and effect? That which I do today, there's a cause and effect. That which I do today will affect what happens tomorrow, whatever it may be. God put Abraham to the test so that he may see the heart of Abraham. And he was brought to a blessed place and a peace and provision and promise because he put God ahead of everything. Listen, if you really say, I want God's best. Who wants God's best in here? Please raise your hand. I mean, seriously, who wants God's best in here? You know what? I would say that everybody wants God's best. If you really want God's best, then you need to put God first. So I guess this leads me to this. Is everything that you have, everything that you are, completely and totally and absolutely surrendered to God? See, God really isn't interested in your Isaacs. 
again. He wants you. Does he have all of you? Would you bow your head and close your eyes?